Hey everybody, before we start this episode, I have two things I just want to let you guys know. The first being, if you hear that my sound is very groggy, very tired, and um, raspy, it's because I am recovering from a cold. So I had to record this episode with my guest while I'm still battling a little bit of a flu. But with that being said, I am recovering, so that's all good and well. Second thing is that if you have not noticed or if you have been living under a rock, you should know that I have opened an Instagram page for my podcast channel. Yeah, so go follow at basically growing up everything into one word. And yeah, there you go. That's pretty much it. Go follow my Instagram page. Uh, I'll be posting a lot of content over there. All right, time for the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Basically Growing Up. I'm your host, Stanley Chu, and today I am joined by the one and only Brian Chavez. Welcome to the show. It's your boy. Young Breezy, Young Breezy, back and fresh, back in the building. You already know what time it is. It is basically growing up with <laughs> Stanley Chu. <laughs> I was like, I have to make an intro. I was like, all right, I'll be a radio host. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Works. Actually, I mean, this is technically radio, radio time, and I can't wait for you to um, just tell us all about you and just showcase everything. Um, but first and foremost, before we get on to anything else, we have to let the audience know. You have a sponsor. <laughs> I wish I have a sponsor. You know? I wish I have a sponsor. Uh, yeah, before we move on, like, uh, can you please tell the audience who you are? What do you do? Where, what's your background? First and foremost, I am an affiliate slash disciple of Stanley Chu. <laughs> <laughs> In case you are unaware. Um, on the real though, uh, uh, I go by the name of Brian Chavez. It sounds pretty common, but you know, I'll just live with it. I'm currently an educator uh, in the primary section. I'm a hip hop enthusiast. Yeah, boy. Mm, I don't know. There's not a lot to go along with me. Maybe I don't know, somewhere along the lines when you're asking me, maybe I have certain things that you can touch on that I'm actually interested. Uh, I have a food page called the Chubby Palette. Um, I know most of you would have the connotation of foodie is like some people will just take pictures and do selfies and then when they eat the food it's like eh, it's okay um but i would like to create more of a discussion with all the sono social connotations behind food culture cuisine and even just our own experiences and that's sort of the conversations the line of conversation i would like to go along with the things that i enjoy doing including what i'm doing right now with stanley <laughs> chu <laughs> yeah i mean like the whole purpose of uh podcasting the whole purpose of these kind of stuff is to just uh, i mean at least to me is to showcase the different talents that i have around me the different people i have around me and basically letting people know hey i got this guy who is super awesome who can uh do great things and i just want you to like help him out check it check out what he's doing and just support like give all your support yeah it's mutual on my end because yeah. i know i'm sorry to cut you off this, no, 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 no. like me accepting this from you it's not just a realization at this moment, but just the past year, not only with COVID, but the wave of people just trying out new things because of the resources available. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so great seeing everyone like do their own thing. Not only because, you know, the term branding is coming from like 
big corporations to something personal. Yeah. But it's just the accessibility of when I was in, when I was your age, probably in secondary, like my vision is very linear in terms of what is available. Even just as a passion, I would yeah. think, oh, I need this to do this. Then I feel so limited. But now you realize that like, there's so much out there. So it's really great to see what you're doing right now. And that's yeah. all I want to say. Just this. No, I mean, yeah. thank you. Like because at the same time, like. Um, I have to agree because you know technology nowadays. Uh, you can do a podcast with just your phone. Of course, the audio won't be that great, but at the same time, uh, it doesn't have to be great quality, and you can build your way up to it. I've started out with like a blue snowball with a really crappy computer, and then now I'm here with two microphones. Like I've learned a lot how to do editing, make the audio better, and I see a lot of people who are also like you said trying different things at this year or like the past year because you're stuck at home or. You're stuck in one country and you, there's not much you can do. Why not just think of what you can do to make the most out of it? Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, look, when you introduce yourself about being an educator, uh, hip hop enthusiast, I also want to add one word, one one title to you. I call you like a little tongue twister, like a like a like a pun enthusiast as well. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, or if you have. I'm I'm pretty sure if you ever had a normal conversation with Brian, normal. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever had a conversation with Brian, you would probably hear him slide in a pun or two, slide in some wordplay, tongue twisters, and all that. And in my personal opinion, I really like that because it's always funny, whether it hit or not, whether it worked or not. It was always really funny to just like, damn, like how did you even think of that on the spot? I appreciate that you recognize that. Like for me, like you said, I don't really care if it's funny or not. But if you recognize the the, the wittiness behind it, I'm like, hey, no, no. Okay, so tell tell me about like how does it work? Like, is it just when you hear that one word, you just hear, oh, 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 oh. do you like, oh, I have to make something out of it, or it just comes naturally? I think the past couple of years it came naturally. One because okay, do you remember our match? Teacher Jay Chan, yeah, Mr. Jay Chan. Okay, class. <laughs> Mr. Mans, my friend, do you know what is double bad? What double bad? You don't know? I uh too bad. <laughs> and then when he made the, <clears throat> I pointed at him. I was like, sir, you have a nice tie. Offense, oh, I got from Thailand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since, but that time I did not rely on nine gag. I did not rely on dad jokes or or. Pickup lines. That that time was just more like, whoa, the way he plays words, even in, in Chinese. That's how I learned like joke. I didn't even know kanji was joke. I was like, sir, you have a joke? Oh, sorry, no kanji. And you got another joke? Oh, sorry, no bamboo. I got another joke. Uh one gate Uh I was like, I'm very happy you catch my joke. Yeah, I was like, yeah. whoa, triple oh, threat, man. Um, but funny things that that also aligned with the period that I started getting into battle rap and underground wow. music. Oh, really? Um, How's I that think like? once I found there's this artist called Dumbfounded. Okay. Uh, they were doing like that time. That was a period where Asians were uh, somehow you can say taking over YouTube. Yeah. Even the term swag, something we Asians got. <laughs> Apparently, we <laughs> yeah, swag we, is from Asian. No, no, but like they recreated that because there was a surge oh, of people like the word, not yeah. just from from nigga higa, but just like. Uh, other artists out there like oh. David Choi, Wong for Productions, uh-huh. like those familiar names. Loves that. Um, Timothy the Ghetto. Of course. And uh, now he's Tim Chongtarangsu. Chongtarangsu. Man, I'm glad I can say his name now. Uh, but in any case, yeah, that actually that remix, Tim Trafic, that was his yeah. artist name back then. Dumbfounded, Deep Pride. There was a song called Forever Remix. 
I wasn't used to the idea of like artists doing remixes that time. For me, it's like if you're original, then I gotta stick with that. Yeah. But once I see the lyricism behind, then that really opened a branch to me exploring different kinds of artists, not just on the mainstream level. So there were two ends I was exploring. One on the underground side where when they make songs, they have like punchlines, like the typical, yo, I'm hot like lava, but they start doing a bit more. Yeah. But also on the battle rap end where there's more... Yes, I know you're being direct. I know you're being insulting. Uh, but they have some... The twist to it. Like double entendres, yeah. um, schemes. Yeah. Uh, like I remember like video games. I, like I can see Bioshock expression, the da 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 rising with the Halo 4. They're like, ooh, ooh. and all that. Uh, so that... That came into play of how I approach words, okay. and that sort of translated to how I teach now. Because Ooh, okay. um, when when yeah, when I had this job for about four years, including the time I had teaching practice, it was yeah. in the same uh, CMI school that I've been in. Yes, and I would think it would be difficult to approach prior to my teaching practice, but I didn't know playing around with words could actually arouse students' interest, like. For one thing, it's already hard for them to pronounce um, like multisyllabic words. Maybe just like with three syllables. Like, yeah, let's yeah, say the word uh, facility. facility. Uh, nothing wrong with that because they're not familiar with the the phonetic structures yeah, behind yeah, it. It takes time. And then when I break it down, it, it just sounds boring when my net teacher does it. Yeah, I'm sh- throwing shade at her. Screw her. Anyway, uh, she's Oy. getting paid a lot just to show cue cards. Uh. That 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 was my motivation for one thing. Yes. Just like seeing people getting paid that much. I don't. I'm not throwing vices at their livelihood. If you want okay. to earn, great. But if you're not doing your job, yeah. That that's just in up in my face. Yeah, I actually know like some people. Let, let, not to like throw throw shade at teachers or whatsoever, but uh, if you're as a student or as an uh, like another educator, you can actually tell which teacher are the good teachers, which teacher are the bad teachers, just from the way they talk, from the way they teach. Are they genuinely passionate to to educate the kids in a good way, or are they just there for the money and just quote unquote do their job? You know, mm-hmm. and I really admire that. You know, you you are finding like little innovative way to just get uh get the kids to be interested in what you're teaching but please carry on no i appreciate that thank you now i was just gonna say being in the industry as an educator because we're all stakeholders we're all sure we're all stakeholders of this industry whether we are students or educators or somewhat in between with the curriculum and whatnot i don't mind if you're not passionate about it or if you're using as a cushion but when you do your job i just expect like you putting the most out of it making the most out of the situation uh, but with that being said, uh, yeah, once I saw her doing that during my teaching practice, I was like, there must be a better way to approach this. And then I'm just making jokes in, in between. Then I realized, I was like, oh, I can use both of my limited Chinese knowledge and, of course, like with, with uh, English sounds, or let's say facility. I'm yeah. like, uh, children, what is flower in Chinese? Everyone's like, fa! And then Mr. Brian, what is he acting as? Oh, silly! Or what, or what is Mr. Brian drinking? Tea! Fa! Silly tea! Yeah. So oh once I God. break it down, it's kind of like they put meanings in between two for each sound. And that, that actually helped a lot recently with their dictation because, oh, cool. uh, once they kind of differentiate or how should I say, like, uh, what's that term? Uh, deductive reasoning. When, yeah. when they try to break down sounds, oh, if he's using it like that, oh, it's a verb, then I shouldn't use this word. I should use this spelling, like there and there, T-H-E-R-E, T-H-E-I-R, like object pronouns and whatnot. 
So once they're able to differentiate just based on the sounds, then that's when I went like, oh, even though it sounds silly, even though anyone can do it, if I'm able to approach it in a way that can someone make an impact, then I'll just try to keep elevating like my style. Then. That is very mm. interesting. I like it is definitely one of the rare or like unorthodox method that people would say as in terms of teaching. Like you would always, I mean, I think in terms of like a CMI school or like a traditional Hong Kong school, you probably won't see people dissecting words like that. I'm just really fascinated about how you incorporate your own hobbies as like a pun player, a word player to incorporate into your own job, your own daily life and to uh, teach and inspire people in little gener like our future generation into pronouncing better words, uh, pronouncing difficult words in a better way and like knowing the, the, the punctuation, this and that, the, the syllables and everything. And it's very, very inspiring. But before we get to like carry on, let's turn back time a little okay. and let's go <clears throat> back to your past. And how did you get into teaching? Or like, when did that, when did that passion start for you? If I'm completely honest, like when I got my <clears throat> degree in teaching, like like I said prior to this, most would treat it as a safety net. So straight up, when the professor or the dean, whoever is in charge of that uh, faculty, uh, straight up from the first orientation, he said, "I know half of you don't want to be educators, and that's fine. Uh, we understand that." And frankly, some of you took it as a as a cushion for you to just at least have a degree. That's fine too. But what we want to achieve at the end of the day is that you kind of understand behind the scenes of how uh, curriculum management works, like the classroom management of how teachers, what, ha what they have to go through on a daily basis and just instilling value on your education itself. Uh, as long as you're able to somehow... Uh, get something out of those aspects and then that's what we appreciate uh, with that being said though uh, although my mom and my high school teacher did push it for me as a safety net I, I think it's also coming from my background from uh, being raised in a Catholic family uh, yes, okay. specifically Filipinos why, why I say Filipinos is because our whole community would somehow branch out let, let's say with couples youth groups but also we had kids too so I already had the opportunity to take care of kids by hosting assemblies and even camps. So that became natural to me over time because I'm already close with the kids because it's my, my family, friends. Right. But we are also able to approach like abstract ideas of like what is kindness or um, although I'm not into the religious aspect uh, nowadays, but at least at that period, you know, instilling those values. Is something that I would like to continue uh, sharing, even though, let's say, English is not my strong suit, for example. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's more of those small nuances that I would always like to instill on my students. Even now, it's like, I don't care if you get 100 marks. I don't care if you get zero, frankly speaking. But if you show me your effort, then your effort will always come into light eventually, That's regardless true. of your results too. Facts. I mean, regardless of your academic results, Facts. if I'm able to see from, like, there are many variables in your life that you show, like, from your reading to how you communicate with me. Like, once you once it's already shown, like, I can already see straight up. So, con moving on, like, when you got the job, like, uh, like teaching assistant and then soon to now be, like, an educator, why CMI school? Or was it, like, a placement for you and you just stuck with it or did you have a choice? 
So I actually wasn't a TA. Since I'm coming from a double degree, I can just go straight up for school right away. Yeah. Uh, I'm not coming from BA degrees where Bachelor. you have to go like through extra PGs yeah. or you have to go through TA. Extra credits, I was able to uh, just do it directly. Okay. Um, the reason I mentioned my teaching practice is because right after I finished it th- those four months, my principal already offered me a permanent contract like, oh. right away. Okay. So, uh, even though I was I was looking for jobs the following year, uh, because my teaching practice was still one year before my FYPs and whatnot. Okay. So he gave me that one year gap of, hey, you're here, you want to come to our school? I was pretty surprised because yeah, I didn't see any non Chinese. I don't know, it was just him being open minded in a. You can say, still say it's a traditional school. But bro, I can wear this my like my floral shirts, yeah. sweatpants. Let me uh, let me describe. Let me describe. Air like, Force. He's wearing like a button up shirt with florals. He's wearing a beanie. He's it, it, it. I would describe his everyday style as I look as on his Instagram or if I see him on weekends or what's on a casual day out. It's hip. It's like very stylish. It's very urban. I would say <laughs> like that. And I wear that to school. Yeah, and yeah, like compared to like a like a like a pr- proper suit and tie or whatsoever. I mean, if you get to rock that in school, uh, I mean that's you know. And and the funny thing was that uh, initially, of course, it's, you need to make a good impression. Like uh, upon your first year of teaching, I was wearing like a uh, tie, uh-huh. um, proper button shirt, and like leather shoes with like wooden heels and whatnot. But it came to the point where some teachers were telling me like, hey, you can just like relax, wear whatever clothes. I still wanted to make a good impression. But when someone tapped, there was one moment where someone tapped on my shoulder and said, how jang? Like principal. I was like, wait, what? And that's (laughs) when I went like, oh, so it's not that he's an uptight person, but it's more like, oh, if if I keep my lifestyle in that way where I'm like, I'm just restricting myself into not who I am, then I'll just like, oh, okay. Then might as well like, really just come out as who I am so I mean I, I was just surprised they're very open about it yeah like they would let me rap in some uh, like let's say Christmas parties or the talent show oh. like really I'm exerting myself out there so even my, my style wise like which I only found last year like there's a lot of vintage clothes I would like to wear and I've seen Japan and there's more in Hong Kong now I was just surprised I was just I actually tested them to see if anyone's gonna complain even the discipline master went like for real? Okay. I was actually waiting for you and he he never called me out. It was just more like I was really feeling the room to see like what is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, Funny thing is that the only restriction was no jeans. Oh. (laughs) That's so funny. It's like like other things that that seem so casual, but why no jeans? I don't know. It just gives the impression that you're straight up casual. (laughs) I don't know. But then you're wearing baggy shorts though. Hmm? If you're wearing baggy shorts, oh no, that... I don't wear shorts. Oh, oh you definitely, wear... you need to wear pants. Oh, you like, wear pants in terms okay. of showing skin. Okay, I mean, unless I'm playing basketball with my kids. Okay, okay, it. okay. But has, has that, your has your hmm. kids ever complimented or like talked about your style? No, they call me ugly. So no, what? <laughs> 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 I think, oh, oh, they made fun of me because there are two instances where I was missing a button. I only got the clothes the day before, like yeah. from delivery and whatnot, because vintage clothes. 
but they didn't tell me there was a missing button. I have to find out every time I'm doing like like classroom doings they are taunting. I'm like, Mr. Brian, like I can see a belly button. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> that will misconstrue in a very bad way. So I straight up went like I took a stapler and just stapled the shirt. <laughs> and I went back home, uh, I'm 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 untying loose ends and it's like, oh it's torn. Oh man. No, it's a new shirt as well. Yeah. Oh sorry, I, I think we back we backtracked quite a bit. Um taking this job, yeah, just uh, I was able to secure a position right away. Yeah. Um, even after going through other schools, I actually wanted to challenge myself. How can I work in an CMI school? Because when I did uh, teaching before, demonstrations. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, if anyone's asking. So in Hong Kong, there are generally two types, uh, depending on which school you are. So CMI is their main language used to teach is Chinese and if it's an EMI their main language is English continue please no thank you for that clarification my bad for not mentioning uh, yeah I, I have I had teaching demonstrations in EMI schools uh, because uh, in Ming Pao like for me once automatically uh, you have to do like admin duties in Chinese and there's already like a no for me so relatively it was more restrictive okay. but on the other end as an English teacher they're always looking for um net like teachers but not looking for that position so it was also easier for me at the same time to secure those jobs so when i did teaching practices i'm oh, sorry when i did teaching demonstrations i didn't realize how easy it was after going through the process in the cmi school uh, because honestly the language barriers is crazy and i even had to resort to trying to learn chinese just to understand you know any what the kids are saying saying but also like their upbringing because it, it really uh, comes to light when yeah, in, in the results and how, how they are around the kids and any social like issues with them exactly uh, you want to know like uh, if they're if, if someone's grade is not doing so well you want to know why what's going on around mm, as well. and yeah well, when I, I kept mentioning the teaching demonstration because I've applied everything that I got from the teaching practice and once I did it in those interviews and whatnot I don't know. It felt like a breeze. I mean, they, they gave me good like comments. Easy. They they offered me right away. But in my head, I really told myself I wanted to challenge myself Definitely. before I can take the next step in, of my career, whether it's a net teacher, whether it's um, going to an EMI school or even an, an international school. Uh, and the fact they gave me so much freedom to approach the way that I want to, of course, within their system. Uh, but at the same time, I'm flexible in how I can adjust things and they're very open to my opinions from the get-go in contrast to other friends, educators who right away from the get-go, if they have any internal issues or if they're not sure what to do, it's really like, do it yourself. You figure out yourself, like uh, very cutthroat. Yeah. So I, I'm really privileged in a sense that I was able to receive these sort of opportunities right away. Just having a permanent contract is such a blessing because... Not yeah. many would offer that right away. Yeah. And for my principal to actually well. open a spot, not just, uh, how should I say? Oh, I, I think that teacher that. was leaving, but just open a spot for me yeah. like prior. So I appreciate that from my school, from him, and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. I mean, sounds like the school is really lucky to have you. And I'm, from the way you talked about your job and like how you teach your kids, I'm pretty sure myself and the audience could actually tell how much you really enjoy Man, what you're doing. I'm lying about everything right now, man. 
I mean, he's if a you're, whack if man, booger. <laughs> if you actually lie, that you know you're a really good liar. Like. <laughs> to this long though, damn. <laughs> I mean, you're just like blowing your water uh, like for like what 15 minutes straight. <laughs> but then, okay, so enough of a little like enough about like the educated part. I want to talk mm-hmm. about you know a little bit more personal, a little bit more uh, about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So. You have a few things going on in your life. Not only are you an educator, you are also a hip hop enthusiast. You also am like a food reviewer. Would you call yourself a food reviewer or like a food social page? What's that's that's actually a very hard question because once people la- labeled me as a foodie, and it's not coming from any, uh, there's no neg- negative connotation behind it. But the way I initially saw foodie, or when I made the page, or when I seen open rice. Or the time people actually use hashtags, yeah, not so common as now. Yeah, I remember just seeing all the the, the glitz and glamour yeah. behind the average stuff. Maybe it's like when I visit the restaurant, or people in the F and B uh, would tell me actually it's whack. So I'm just thinking, so what is the purpose of people opening up foodie pages? Is it really just for, you know, I mean, definitely it's for the likes, but I, I do get like food. Like food pages are one of the ways you can get traction right away. Yeah, the only thing I know about foodies is that okay, like say, I mean that means in English it's like the camera eats first, mm. um, or like I don't really see any point of it unless unless you actually give like a review to it because mm. you're taking a picture of a food and it's just that, and you maybe the caption would be like, oh it's great, check out this shop, but then. For you, your Instagram page genuinely talks about a little bit about the background of the shop, the background of the dish, perhaps, or where the inspiration comes from. You genuinely have like a deep dive into mm. the, the 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 dish that you're consuming, and you showcase it in the caption, and you talk about like where you can find it, why did the uh, restaurant approach in this way, despite having a lot of foodies around Hong Kong or even in the world. Let's just focus on in Hong Kong, right? There's not a lot that focus on like restaurants that are open by ethnic minorities, and I, I I'm really glad that you're one of them to just start taking this step. No, I appreciate you got all of that. Like, despite only opening the page, oh wow, almost one year. Yeah, last July. Yeah. Um, I think it came from the humility of just saying, I'm uncultured as hell. Yeah. I don't know anything about half the food that I've eaten. Or even if if I did, is only from face value. Like That's I actually true. don't know much about like the the effort that comes behind or yeah. all of the so- social connotations that comes with it. Whether it's certain cuisines actually being bridged from the get go, but we yeah. only see it as that. Like because, tacos. Yeah, like people, I didn't know it's like from the Middle Eastern side, but yeah. someone been been brought to. Uh, Mexico, and then they showed that whole rotisserie aspect. I actually got that from Ugly Delicious. That's okay. That kind of inspired me of how I can approach food in a way that it like it goes beyond taste. It's yeah. not just about what you see and what you eat, but everything that comes behind it, and what does it mean for the future, especially with COVID and stuff. Yeah. Do you yeah. think like because people just take food for granted, like oh, I pay money, I eat it, I it's either good or bad, and I leave. Not saying that we should enforce it to people, the enforcing the idea to people, but like, because I worked in the F and B industry for since I was sixteen. I'm twenty two now, and I've worked 
like for like five to six years in the FMB industry in different places. I worked in Calimax. I worked at Starbucks. I worked at a, a sports themed restaurant. I worked at a Japanese bar and restaurant. I worked at a sandwich shop at, and at night it turns into like a fusion, like a Chinese and Western type thing. So I've had my fair share of the experience. And whenever, um, at some of those places, I had the privilege and opportunity to like get to know the chefs. And get to know the idea of these kind of food from the the owners and from the managers and like the chefs as well. Like, why would you do this? What's the inspiration behind it? You're introducing it as a consumer point of view. I'm introducing this as like a server point of view. Mm. So, who person who actually knows the story behind it? Exactly. And yeah. actually works really. It's actually very fascinating. Like, um, I remember it was so funny. Uh, we had this dish back at like this restaurant that I worked at called the Fourth Apple. It's basically a dumpling with apple bits inside and it's a dessert and when when we had to like think of like a story behind it or when I, when I asked about like the owner wh- why is it called the fourth apple he said oh because if you think about it the first apple was Adam and Eve the second apple is uh, Newton's apple and then the third apple is the, uh, Steve Jobs apple so this is the fourth apple Dang. like that so to think about these kind of stories or to think about why they think of, uh, they have these origins of, of having these inspirations to start off this dish. As someone who worked in the F&B industry, to have someone like you to really showcase these dishes in a very storytelling way, it's definitely very fascinating. No, I appreciate that. And especially since uh, initially when I made the page, after making some reviews, uh, I asked people, do you prefer I should be short and concise or should continue just elongating my points? A lot of people actually voted for like long, yeah, long, tedious sentences. I was like, I was surprised because for one thing, I actually write too much to the point I already read, exceed the quota every <laughs> time, every time, man. And I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but going back to your question about like people who doesn't see food the way that we do. I don't mind that. I don't mind about it being like a mundane thing for you. But if it comes to the point where I'm not asking you to be bougie. I'm not asking you to have a certain palate that, oh, you must distinguish and differentiate. Oh, I'm really just asking. You can taste the texture. To, to actually just see what you're getting. Because if you're telling me you don't mind getting the same thing every day just for your own consumption, just hook yourself up in the IV tube, then <laughs> Straight up. Like, you get the nutrients you need, then... You don't really have to complain about like, oh, or there, there's like a shortage of my like tasu fan or something like that. So <laughs> in it, today's IV special, we have tasu flavor liquid. Like there's a reason why from experiential standpoint, our upbringing, why we resort to certain food, whether it's from cheap eats or even when we go to bougie spots, if it recalls, like I call it the ratatouille effect. If it somehow brings back to like childhood memories or something Ooh. familiar, like almost like a deja vu moment. Then, no. like, what does that signify for you? What 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 does it mean for you? That's what I want you to think that, about what you're consuming. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Like, that's a really good metaphor to like say like if a certain dish can trigger something that genuinely makes you think about the food. Like that is really really you know, that's a really good metaphor. Okay, so so how's how's the Instagram page doing right now? So like. Right now, you have you been going out to like different places or doing reviews or? Um, I'm in the works of properly making a logo. Oh, uh, I it's only talks about it, but it, and that's the thing about 
making the page it somehow aligned with first IG uh, Instagram making like those uh, small business uh, what do you call it that shop icon oh yeah, uh, yeah like for small businesses to showcase like yeah. their page showcase their business yeah it, it was during that same period and it was also during the period where for some reason people I had affiliate I have affiliations with whether it's from childhood friends high school whatnot or just connections like that yeah everyone's just doing their own thing and I, I just recognized that from the jump and once I actually got to try their stuff like from Spice Kids to like my childhood friend with ice cream uh, and it's just not it's not only because I'm supporting as a friend they're actually good they're Damn, actually good okay. and it, it really comes to show as long as you have exposure like what we reiterated many of our friends and peers whoever we're around with are talented it's yeah. just what, what type of exposure you get whether it's on a mainstream level or it's a specific community like very tight knit and whatnot. like as long as you're able to showcase then I think you're gonna do well depending on what, what is your level of success or like how you view that but with that being said in terms of what I'm doing yeah may, maybe have some collaborations with them because I'm, I'm already kind of I wouldn't say behind the scenes but they're very transparent with me what they do uh-huh. we eat together as well I think in terms of that, yeah. And on my personal page, like I'm not sure if you were able to see, uh, during the COVID period, I was kind of experimenting with the idea of like me being a content creator even prior to my food page. Okay. Uh, so when pe- the second wave, I think March, April, when everyone yeah. really had to stay at home, there are curfews and whatnot. I was like, you know what? Let Let's just explore the food we have at home. Uh, so you started cooking. M- cooking or, or like buying snacks and then i called the the whole series uh quaranghe quaranghe is saranghe a quarantine and then saranghe and then oh combined so quaranghe so it's like a mukbang series and then it's just so happened i i got to also be introduced to a lot of random stuff uh during a covid period like i for one thing mres like military ready to eat ration foods yeah. I was like, we have in Hong Kong. We I mean, they're they're limited Wait, people I found on Carousel, but oh shit, <laughs> yeah, I was able to cop some, and then we actually did reviews, just just pretending to well, be how was content it like? creators. How was, it like? was it good? Let let me tell you this from what I learned. If soldiers eat that within a one within one week, they must take laxatives. Oh, because. When I say it's heavy on preservatives, I mean, already a French fry from McDonald's has a lot of preservatives. Like, think of it as a mummy. Like, you leave it in your couch, there's a nuclear explosion, two things will survive. Cockroaches and that French fry. (laughs) (laughs) But adding on to that point, these rations, I've I've watched a YouTube channel where he eat food from 1950s. Like, I just watched one yesterday, too. Those rations are heavy on preservatives and whatever chemicals they I mean, they're they built added to in. like last for years. Yeah. So when I'm talking about dryness, when I'm talking about like artificial Ooh. synthetic taste, Ugh. not so bad for some. Some actually taste decent enough. Acceptable. Yeah, like, like acceptable. Considering it's a ration, yeah, like because uh, like chicken you're, burrito, because you're, you're okay. a soldier, you can't ask for more. Like you're getting nutrients anyway. Mm. You're getting food. You're getting energy. Like uh, what mm. more do you ask? Like you want to be like once you're in a battlefield, like hold up, hold up, enemy, stop, 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 stop. Let me cook up some eggs and ham and bacon, please. Mm. 
But like, no, you just gotta like do everything in like one, yeah, one even, swift move. Even with trying to be bougie around, it's like, oh, I can actually make this biscuit and use it as a dip for something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like these, these uh, chili uh, sriracha packets, they're, they're the holy grail. They're, they'll mention stuff like that. So it really comes to show the simplicity of what they appreciate uh, yeah. in life in terms of food, but also like applied to survival. Yeah, that, that just intrigued me to like how I can approach food in unorthodox okay. ways too <laughs> so right. yeah that, that was, that was I, i've tried two rations already and yeah i, I stayed in the toilet yeah. oh boy oh boy okay so we're approaching to the end of the podcast mm. but before we end it i have a few questions just to wrap up everything so you talked about like the chubby palette your your food account instagram page you talked about being a content creator you also talked about being an educator uh being an ethnic minority english teacher teaching in a cmi school using an orthodox method to inspire young generations to pronounce words better to learn better dictation spellings and pronunciations all that kind of stuff can you tell me in a few words what is success to you First and foremost, I didn't know I had that, that much in my arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that coming from you, really. Of course, man. Success like... is relative. Success is... Just to you. Mm. Because success, people would see as an end goal, but success is a journey. I know it sounds cliche when I say appreciating, but when you make the most out of something, anything will seem fulfilling to you in the process. And the outcome will be much sweeter. So success is honestly a journey for me. Yes. Uh, sorry, I can't. I can't word it in any worry, way that sounds. You know, uh, I can't sugarcoat it either. <laughs> I th- yeah, I mean, I think you just summed it up really. I mean, at least to you, right? You, I think you summed it up as well as you could. You know, success is definitely a journey. I do want to say ha- one thing. Yeah, man. please. No, just what is success if you don't have anyone to share it with? Sure. Ooh. That's it. Breezy here uh, with the golden sentence, <laughs> golden no, phrase. I mean, success is not a one one man thing. That's it. That is true. That is true. What is joy if you can't share? What is joy if you can't appreciate it with other people? Okay, your second question and the final question is: What do you see yourself in terms of a chubby palette? Where do you see yourself in terms of an educator? Just in a few words, okay? Fat educator. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Uh. Because this is def- like this is the basically growing up pro- podcast. Everything yeah. about growing up. So as you grow up, I just want to learn, you know, what what's in the future for you. Yeah, because I definitely do not want to be stagnant. Okay, that, that's not how life is supposed to work. Not mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to live. I I know it sounds cliche to to say I'm just going through the motion and see how it goes, but if I'm talking about education and food, I think food. I hope I get free food <laughs> straight up. <laughs> like, I don't care if I get paid or whatnot. I don't care if I can use it as like a passive income. But if, if I can get free food, great. Uh, but collab, uh, this is a hard question. But uh, okay, food, uh, I just hope to be m- more exposed with cuisines I'm really uncultured with. Mediterranean is one of them. Uh, I hope people can approach food in a way that they haven't thought of before. And as for education, I don't know if I will be teaching in the long run in terms of as an educator, but I would like to, this this is a stretch for me, but I always told myself, I will always want to be part of the process 
of I wouldn't say curriculum making, but I have a voice in trying to show we need a curriculum reform to shape the future generations education in Hong Kong. Honestly, like after uh, talking with a professor yes. who, okay. yeah, he he was actually uh, within the education bureau. Oh. And he, he, I remember we touched on things that we can improve, like pop culture. Like, how do I, like, putting language in context, but also doing it in a way that's relatable. But it seems that for the most part, nobody wants to really touch on it. They just want to have like road learning all the time, even though we're in that modern age of, you know, we should be innovative. And then with the way he taught me, especially with IT and ESL. He's he has done so many things that in a way that I felt like I was so obsolete because yeah I I feel like even as a person who's like in his forties he's showing how much he's being a constant yeah so I would like to be a constant in constantly in the learning education. constantly giving back yeah like yeah. I want to be a, like a walking constant just someone okay. who's always trying to I, I wouldn't say differentiate from the norm but I'm always trying to excel in a way that I can be better than who okay. I was before but in the education aspect especially yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. So, Brian, it's been an honor and likewise, bro. truly mm-hmm. appreciate your coming down here to uh to my campus computer room <laughs> to do this podcast. No, this is very wholesome. So even better. Honestly. And I mean, I am sure for myself, and I'm and I'm really sure that for the audience as well, we all appreciate the things that you're sharing with us. And before we go, please take your time to plug in your Instagram page and the things that you're doing. Oh, uh, but Stanley, you can plug me in anytime you want, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No innuendos, no innuendos. Uh, check out my page, The Chubby Palette. Honestly, if you're interested, if you're not, uh, don't force yourself. Honestly, with platforms like these, that's when you differentiate what you are interested in. So just, if you're interested in food, if you're interested in podcasts, uh, please show your support. But also support can go a long way from like even if someone is not getting as much exposure, if you see something along the lines of "Hey, he's doing something," then show your support. Don't just backtrack until that person eventually goes in a stature where you're like, "Oh, finally he's doing something." Okay, I'll support. So that really goes on uh, you and I on both our yeah, ends of what we're doing for sure. Uh, so I, I hope you really consider like support. A small hint of support can really go a long way for Definitely. anyone who's doing something. Anyone who's doing something. Wise uh, words, wise words. Shoutouts? Yo, yeah, shoutouts shout to the homies, you know, like my Chuan fam, Chuan gang gang. Uh, you got my uneven crew, green car, dolphin dynasty, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, like people from the room 702, 207, and JC, and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. Ryan and Chavez, everyone. No, I really do AKA appreciate Breezy, this time. AKA the Chubby Palette. I'm AKA so marveled at Stan all Lee. The sensei to me. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. And thank you all to you listeners for tuning in to this episode of Basically Growing Up. Wait, listen, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't hold it. I just felt. I felt it. Okay, I'm looking at the audio right now, and it spiked. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Basically Growing Up. I will talk to you guys later in the next episode, and see you all later. I mean, talk to you all later. Bye bye.